relief factor, pain relief that's natural, pain relief that works, and pain relief that attacks the source of the pain. That's the experience of tens of thousands of Americans who are taking Relief Factor right now. See their incredible video endorsements at relieffactor.com and then order your three-week quick starter pack for just $19.95. That's less than a dollar a day. Find out if it can work for you like it works for me by ordering your three-week quick starter pack today. Relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com. Be the next success story. upon this continent a new nation conceived in liberty and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. I know not what course others may take, but as for me, give me liberty or give me death. The world will little note or long remember what we say here, but it can never forget what they did here. What your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. I can hear you, the rest of the world hears you, and the people... is America First with Sebastian Gorka. This is America First with Sebastian Gorka. I'm very proud and excited to introduce our guest host for today, Grant Stinchfield. Well, Dr. G, thank you so much. It is great to be along with all of you again. Uh, Dr. G, from what I heard, he texted me. He killed it in England. You know, he was debating like Bernie Sanders' brother and April Ryan uh, on Donald Trump and the dangers of of Make America Great Again movement. And uh, as expected, Dr. G did fabulous. So we can't wait to hear about that when he gets back. So thank you, Dr. G, for letting me sit in today. Folks, I will tell you, we face a big problem. Now, I'm 54 years old, and and I'm just going to say it. Kids today... What's wrong with them? You know, I sound like my father, right? And maybe since the beginning of time, we've complained about younger generations. But I don't think younger generations have been as dopey at any other point in history as they are today. There is no critical thinking skills left. Now, and I wonder if there's no critical thinking skills amongst young people today because the radical left has taken over our schools. They've taken over our universities. And they specifically... Do not teach critical thinking skills. They specifically teach the indoctrination. So they've dumbed down America to the point where young people cannot decipher between facts. And really, I shouldn't just lay that on young people. Democrats in particular, liberals, radicals, they can't decipher between what's real and what's not. And nowhere is this more prevalent than the situation going on in Gaza. This war that Israel is going to finish and clean up after the Hamas terror group went into Israel and slaughtered upwards of 1,500 people. So I wake up this morning, and yes, I am on TikTok, okay? The reason I'm on TikTok is the same reason Dr. G stayed on Twitter when Twitter was going through all of its horrible censorship, same way reason I stayed on there. 
It's because that's where young people are. That's where we have to try to reach voices, and I will do everything I can to reach them. Now, with TikTok, I use a burner phone. I do not use my regular phone. TikTok has access to everything. You go into their privacy policies, and you read the fine print, and it'll tell you. They have access to your camera, to your microphone, to your geolocation, to your keystrokes. I mean, you type in the the password to your bank account, they're going to know what it is. So I use a burner phone. Burner phone is a separate phone for those of you that don't know. A separate phone that you only use for one purpose. Drug dealers have them to deal drugs. I have it to go on TikTok, okay? So I wake up and I see that TikTok is making news because young people are reading Osama bin Laden's letter to America. This is after the 9-11 attacks. Osama bin Laden comes out and he writes a letter to America, which is filled with propaganda. It's filled with falsities. It's filled with hate. It's filled with the the clear thoughts of violence that he wants to enact again after 9-11 on all of us. And yet young people are now reading this letter on TikTok and saying that it is a lesson to be learned. Now, we had almost 3,000 people that died on 9-11. How dare young people who weren't even alive that day tell me what we can learn from 9-11. And when you tell me what we can learn from 9-11 is that America is a horrible country and we need to apologize for it. I don't think so. That's not what we can learn. What we learned from 9-11 has shaped who I am in many respects as a conservative commentator, and it certainly shapes my views on Islamic Jihad. Now, they want to kill us, these so-called holy warriors, these jihadists. They want us all eradicated. Anybody who doesn't subscribe to the radical ideology, including Muslims, they want wiped off the face of the earth. And these dopey children taking to TikTok to tell us somehow that we can learn from 9-11 and Osama bin Laden, who ruined so many lives, countless lives, not just the lives he took, but the families that were devastated from the attacks that he planned. So I'll play you one example. Guys, cut 11, roll that. I need you to stop what you're doing and go read A Letter to America. It is literally the craziest thing I've read in a while. And while I can't say that I'm that surprised, I am pretty shocked. So go read it and tell me what you think because I really also need to talk to other people about this. And actually, before you even read the letter, I did want to mention, in reading the letter, I could only think of this tweet that I saw the other day. Under settler colonialism, any kind of resistance is branded as terrorist because the only acceptable violence is violence by the occupier. So why would I ever take someone seriously that's literally wearing a silver diaper on his head? Okay, I I, I wouldn't. But clearly... This child who has no understanding and, and, and settler colonialism, again, this is, this is to try to make America out to be this oppressive country when America, folks, I'm telling you, is the most free country in the world. Now, we may have our set of problems. We may not be perfect. There may, may be a burgeoning underclass in America that is largely due in part because There are no fathers or family values left in society. That all may be true, but we're still the most free of anybody. You have the most opportunity in this country than you do in any other country in the world. You want me to read from Osama bin Laden's letter to show you his hatred? 
This is his letter to America. You have supported the Jews in their idea that Jerusalem is the eternal capital, and you agreed to move your embassy there. With your help and under your protection, the Israelis are planning to destroy the Al-Aqsa Mosque. Under the protection of your weapons, Sharon entered the Al-Aqsa Mosque to pollute it as preparation to capture and destroy it. All of this is propaganda. Quote, these tragedies and calamities are only a few examples of your oppression and aggression against us. Now, folks, we live in a world where the so-called oppressed have become the oppressors. Hamas is the oppressor. Hamas is the one raining down missiles into Israel. Hezbollah is the one raining down missiles into Israel with no regard for where those missiles land. You want to talk about the oppressed becoming the oppressors, this is it. Israel simply wants to live free. Israel warns the people of Gaza. Whenever they are coming in or there is going to be a strike, they warn them, get out of the way. They do everything they can to protect civilian life. But the big fallacy here is that Palestinians overwhelmingly uh, do not support Hamas. That is false. Those in Gaza either voted for Hamas or they voted for the former PLO, which is Fatah. Fatah is the new party that took over for the Palestinian Liberation Organization. When you combine Fatah and Hamas, Fatah is a terror organization, it's like 90% of the people of Gaza voted for terrorists. So do these idiots reading bin Laden's letter on TikTok, do they understand at all that what they're reading is that of an oppressor? Do they understand at all that Osama bin Laden wants these children dead? Roll cut 14. The way this letter is going viral right now is giving me the greatest sense of relief. If you're Muslim and you've lived in the U.S. since 9-11, you know more truth than the typical citizen. Now it's all coming to light because of Palestine. Oh, give me a break. They have no idea what they are talking about. None of them. And so this is the dumbing down of America because it fits right into the left-wing narrative. Oh, first it's black people are oppressed. Then it's illegal aliens coming here are oppressed. And oh, it's the evil white man. And now apparently the Jews can call right into that trap of being the evil white man oppressing everybody. And the left, the radical leftists, literally dupe all the young people into what? Taking to the streets and rioting like they did before. So coming up, we're going to talk to uh, a a young Jewish woman in New York who just went over to Israel to witness atrocities uh, uh, that she has never seen before. We're going to talk about gun rights in Israel that America learned a real lesson from, all right, when we come back. I'm Grant Stinchfield, in for Sebastian Gorka. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now 
800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. You're listening to America First on the Salem Radio Network. On this My Pillows 20-year anniversary with over 80 million My Pillows sold, Mike Lindell wants to thank you by giving you the lowest price in history on their My Pillows. You will receive a queen size my pillow for just 19.98 regular price 69.98 and just $10 more for a king size you will receive deep discounts on all my pillow products such as bed sheets mattress toppers pet beds mattresses my slippers and so much more this is the time to try out some of their other amazing products you've had your eye on go to mypillow.com click on the radio podcast square and use promo code gorka to receive this amazing offer on the queen size my pillow for 19.98 or call 800 829 This offer comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. It's time to start getting the quality sleep you deserve. Go to MyPillow.com, promo code G-O-R-K-A, or call 800-829-8468 today. MyPillow.com, code Gorka. I'm Sebastian Gorka. This is America First. Let's get back to the show with Grant Stinchfield. Well, thanks, Dr. G. It is so great to be sitting in with you. So it just amazes me how dumb young people can be, but it also amazes me how dumb older people can be as well, especially when it comes to the war between Israel and Hamas, and which is quickly becoming a war between Israel and the world, which is so upsetting. Uh, I, the world is turning on Israel all because of woke, nonsensical politics. The idea of Israel, a.k.a. the white man, being the, quote, oppressor, is taking hold and it's spreading. I watched Justin Trudeau the other day, the prime minister of Canada, just make a disgrace of himself telling Israel how it should conduct himself when it comes to the war. Um, so then I get some hope in life because as much as I slam young people in America for a lack of critical thinking, you know, what's great about conservatives, conservative young people have tremendous critical thinking skills and they're also passionate about what they do. And, uh, I've known a young Jewish woman for a while. She used to come on my show when I was at Newsmax and I'm watching her Instagram. She flew over to Israel to document what was going on there because she had friends that were literally telling her, That didn't happen. This didn't happen. It's not that bad. Well, we all know it was absolutely horrific. And so with that, I want to welcome in Deborah Leia, who is a uh, conservative commentator. She is Jewish. She lives in New York City, and she's back from Israel just a few days ago. Deborah, welcome to the program. Thank you. It's deja vu. I feel like I was just speaking with you. Well, you were on the Real America's Voice show last night, everybody, 7 p.m. Eastern time. Tonight, you can see me there as well. But uh, I want to talk to you today, Deborah, about what you saw over there, because this thing took off on TikTok about reading Osama bin Laden's letter, which clearly in this letter they reference, the hatred towards Jews is just uh, reach epic proportions. 
What did you see over there? What's your message to these kids spreading this message? So what I saw over there was complete destruction, homes just obliterated. There was families hiding in bomb shelters to basically stay alive from Hamas, and they were throwing grenade after grenade into their homes. Just complete top-down destruction of everything these people, their entire lives, just destroyed in one day. It was heartbreaking to see just families wiped out, generations wiped out. For what? Just because they were living peacefully in Israel. And the Osama bin Laden stuff, apparently for the left, supporting Hamas and justifying their actions wasn't crazy enough. They had to take it a step further and say, hmm, what about Osama bin Laden? You know, he wasn't that bad, actually. Mm. This is bonkers, and this is a major failure by our institutions and the parents in this country. Where are they? Who raised these people? You know, it amazes me because I think Osama bin Laden, Hamas as well, if they had the opportunity, they'd kill these very same TikTokers because these TikTokers are not subscribing to the ideology of Hamas. I promise you that. No, these people, this is a problem in Western society where we assume that terrorist organizations like Hamas, like Osama bin Laden, a terrorist who killed thousands of Americans, innocent Americans, we think that, oh, they think like us. They're just like us, but they're not like us. And that's really what I witnessed in Israel. The people that committed these atrocities it wasn't a human action. It was something, it was pure evil. It is something that I cannot comprehend. We've all tried to wrap our heads around it. How did the IDF not stop this? How did they not see this coming? But it was just a blitz. Hamas attacked on so many fronts with such force that it's just pure evil. And we, we can't understand it and we shouldn't try. And we should just try to bring more light and more positivity into this world. Like the Israeli people, they are so resilient. While I was there, I was helping out with amputees. There's been a lot more amputees since the war, of course. Innocent people, young couples who were at the Nova Festival. And I got to meet with them, try to cheer them up a little bit. And the spirits in Israel are high. We know the phrase there right now is, Am the nation of eternity will not fear. We are not afraid. We know that God will deliver us. And we are hopeful and proud to defend the Israeli and the Holy Land, honestly. The well, Jewish homeland, but the Holy Land for three religions. Yeah, and... and uh... That is a tribute to the people there, and that's a common theme with what happens in America when we face tragedy as well. Uh, the, the greatness of this country comes out just as the greatness of Israel is coming out uh, as they respond to this. Now, you did something that I think is far better than the mainstream media could do. You reported to me a story last night on Real America's Voice uh, that I had not heard on the mainstream media. Now, the Israelis were pretty much defenseless, especially this one little village, this little area that was absolutely devastated by the slaughtering by Hamas. You said Arabs were going in weeks before and stealing guns and ammunition out of an ammunition room. Why don't you take me through the story and what Israel's response was to the theft and how that left people vulnerable? Yeah, so I, as an American, love my Second Amendment. It's in my head that I have to defend myself. I can't rely on the government. So I'm there and I'm asking all the Israelis, why did nobody have guns? I asked soldiers. I asked people who survived. And what they all told me is that two to three weeks prior to this attack, there were Arabs stealing guns and ammunition, and the Israeli government didn't know what to do. So they did what they thought was the best idea, which now we know was not. But they collected all of the guns from law-abiding citizens, from Jewish, Israeli citizens, and they collected all the guns so that guns would not get into the wrong hands. And that is why a lot of these kibbutzim, like Faraza and Kfarberi, were hit so much harder, because they did not have firearms to defend ourselves. 
and it was a strike similarity, a striking similarity to what's happening in the United States over the past few years. We've seen calls to defund the police. We've seen no cash bail in New York, where Kathy Hochul just lets criminals and rapists walk the streets. And then they're telling us, oh, you don't need a gun. So this is the exact methodology of those on the left. You have very bad people these Arab terrorists that are stealing firearms and ammunition, and the government's answer is, let's take away the guns from the good people so the bad people can't steal them again, but the bad people already have them, which means you just disarmed the good people, which is exactly what we see in America. I hope, Deborah, and we're talking with Deborah Leah, a Jewish conservative commentator just back from Israel, I hope America hears what you're saying and takes a lesson from this that we cannot let that happen here. I hope so, too. And to take it a step further, I hope that every liberal Democratic Jew in America learns from this. They're looking around saying, I marched with you for BLM. I marched with the LGBTQ. Why are you not marching for me? Why are you marching against me? So I hope that this is a lesson to vote for the right party, vote for the side that will defend Israel, will stop crime, will close up our borders, and hopefully we can turn this country around and prevent the people flooding our southern border from committing anything similar to what Israel saw on 10-7. Look, I was a mainstream media reporter for many, many years. I was one of the first to get to ground zero. I, I too, like you now, saw horrific things, and I saw horrific things for 20 years. Uh, Real quick, in about 10 or 20 seconds, did this forever change your life, what you saw over there? I saw some of the video. Some of it I wouldn't even play on, on TV. Did it change your life? Real quick, 20 seconds. It changed me forever. It changed my outlook on the world. I didn't realize evil like this existed, and now I have to take a step back and reevaluate my optimism for the world. I saw things that are going to be hard to ever wash away from my brain. The smells, everything resonates with me, and yeah. it's very—it's been very difficult to like reintegrate into my New York society. But at the end of the day, I am hopeful. I am proud of the people like myself and the organization I went with that are going over to just help people, help God's we- creation. We are proud of you for going over there, and we're grateful for you coming and telling the story back because it's so important. Deborah Leah, I urge everyone to follow you on social media. Thank you for coming on today. And, folks, uh, when we come back, I want to talk about Trump's gag order. All right? It's been lifted. Uh, What about Trump's poll numbers? Oh, those, too, have been lifted. DeSantis, not so much. Back in a flash. I'm Sebastian Gorka. This is America First. Let's get back to the show with Grant Stinchfield. Well, hi there, everybody. It is so great to be along with you. Uh, filling in for Dr. Gorka is uh, is just an ultimate thrill for me. I will tell you that much. And uh, it's great to be sitting in his chair. Thank you so much, Dr. G. Well, with everything we see in the world, with all of the Biden corruption, Democrat corruption, all over the place. You got the deep state. You have all of these things. Um, I would like to say I'm grateful that there are people out there that continue to investigate the Biden crime family, continue to investigate the radical left, uh, and continue to investigate the globalists. One of those people is Seamus Brunner. Um, He's a close confidant with Peter Schweitzer of Clinton Cash and and so many other books. Um, well, Seamus Broner has his own book out now. It's called Controlagarchs, and 
I love the name of this book. Seamus, I want to welcome you to the program. Thank you for coming on today. Well, hey, Grant. I hear you, Seamus. Good to be with you. Uh, it's great to be with you, too. Um, yeah, I'm here. So, control oligarchs. First off, tell me about the name because that name is fabulous. I have to use that now in monologues. I'm going to be using control oligarchs all the time. I hope you don't mind. Not at all. Not at all. You have free license to use it. So, yeah, the controls very simply are the oligarchs that want to control every aspect of your life. You know us at the Government Accountability Institute. We follow the money. And for this investigation, it took us two years. We followed all the way to the top to men like Bill Gates and Mark Zuckerberg and uh, Jeff Bezos and George Soros and Klaus Schwab in the sleepy little town of Davos, where all of the world's elites come together once a year to plot and scheme about how to control our lives. Now, what we found was really shocking. I mean, Davos, we've traced the money back thousands and thousands of pages and documents, a lot of uh, videos and other records that have been scrubbed from the internet. And we found that the World Economic Forum's origins uh, were about limiting population growth. They, they were very concerned about population growth. They still are today. And some of the other stuff we found, the, the relationships also shocking. All right. So population growth. You look at China's one child uh, policy, which is a murderous policy. World Economic Forum behind that? Yeah, that's right. A lot of people have heard about this terrible policy that China had where they would force sterilization of women. They would force abortions. It led to the slaughter of baby girls because every family wanted to have a son. And so it was uh, untold number of deaths, millions of deaths, I mean, both in the womb, but also up to nine months and even after birth. Um, and so this policy was really horrifying. And people have long thought that China was behind this policy. Actually, no, it was the World Economic Forum's affiliates who came up with this policy. It came out of a book called The Limits to Growth that used completely debunked modeling, kind of like the hockey stick graph with climate change, but faulty modeling saying that there would be 30 billion people by the year 2000 and what have you. And so uh, we need to bring down population growth. And some of the characters in the book actually agree with China's one-child policy, uh, want to make it a worldwide policy, even in the United States. I mean, one for one example, Ted Turner is always, you know, CNN founder Ted Turner, uh, owner of Ted's uh, Buffalo Grill. He wants to he he supports a one-child policy. So that's that's pretty shocking. And then, uh, yeah, the the China relationship has continued right up through today. All right, so try to square this with me because I'm trying to think think like a liberal. So. If they want to to limit population, then what is the goal with open borders? Because open borders, my philosophy is, is they're trying to import as much poverty as possible. Uneducated workers, they flood America with illegals. Those illegals are then used in the census, which then allow Democrats to redesign congressional maps in their favor. Um, that's a population explosion that's happening in America. How do you square the two? Well, that's right, Grant. And I mean, men like Bill Gates, they still today talk about overpopulation. I think they should take a victory lap, at least in Western countries, since the 1960s and 70s, when the World Economic Forum and this uh, affiliated organization called the Club of Rome put out the limits to growth. It was propaganda, pure and simple, about overpopulation. 
the birth rate in Western countries, the United States, for example, has plummeted. You know, people were having four, five, six. Now people in the United States and other countries in the West are just having one, two, or maybe zero children. So what they, the control guards, as I call them, say that open borders immigration is for, it's to solve this crisis. We actually have a birth dearth in the United States. There aren't enough children, you know, social security safety net. So when I get old enough to get social security, there just may not be enough people working to fund that. Well, welcome in, uh, immigration. You welcome more people into the country, and that's the solution. So is there a battle going on between, because I often hear this limit population, limit population from, from the globalists out of country. Is this a battle between that's going on between the radicals that, that we call leftists? Well, the leftists are, uh, uh, fall for the propaganda of the elites more. It's more, uh, it's more a class battle. And the book was not meant to be like a class warfare screed, but people like Bill Gates and Jeff Bezos and the people at the World Economic Forum, uh, you just follow, follow this overpopulation angle all the way back, I mean, to Margaret Sanger's Birth Control League. Uh, the type of people they want to eliminate are the peasants, the you know the non-elites, and so they want a world of elites, and uh, they, they don't you know they don't not have children themselves. They all have children, but they think that uh, the peasants should not have as many children. All right, which brings us back to China. Uh, it seems to me like they want us like China. Instead of transforming China like us, putting economic pressure on them, kill the CCP crush that and then let free markets take over that country. Uh, it seems to me they want us like China. They want us to be a communist nation just like them. Yeah, that's right. The World Economic Forum, Klaus Schwab. Schwab has received a medal of friendship from the Chinese Communist Party. He has been working in China uh, for decades, 1970s, that he boasts about it on his website and in their annual reports, how close they are with China. Uh, he actually, the reason he received the Medal of Friendship Award was for his and the World Economic Forum's uh, economists who came, came to China in the 70s, 80s, and all the way through today and helped implement these reforms. They effectively built this state-run uh, capitalism that's a merger of free market capitalism and communism. You get all of the economic benefits to a very few handful of corporations, but you have the brutality of communism where you can lock down entire cities like Shanghai yeah. during the COVID-19 pandemic, and you can unperson people, throw them in the back of a car or silence them on social media. That's what they have in China. And that's what many of these control oligarchs well, want in the United States. They ultimately want a social credit score like China has. They sure do. And uh, the writing is on the wall for that. And in fact, it's already happening as we speak. I just saw uh, Bank of America giving up your private information. Jim Jordan wants information on that. And uh, you guys have been at the front of the Seamus Brunner. The book is Congarks. I just got it. I appreciate you sending me a copy of it. Um, I urge everyone to go out and get it anywhere you can find books. Seamus, thank you for coming on. And, uh, folks, when we come back, uh, let's talk a little bit about the NSA and DEI. National Security Agency and Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion next. I'm Sebastian Gorka. 
This is America First. Let's get back to the show with Grant Stinchfield. Thank you so much, Dr. G. Listen, I thank God every day that America is the freest nation on earth, and we remain free because of the right to keep and bear arms. No other company in America personifies that right more than car firearms. Their story is the American dream, and their products are absolutely second to none. Car Firearms Group is your source for high-quality firearms. Visit them at kahr.com, kahr.com. That's car.com. Dr. G, I know, carries a car every single day, and so should you. So speaking of Dr. Gorka, who allows me to sit in this chair and fill in for him, the great honor, he had quite the honor himself. He goes over to England, Oxford Union, one of the most famous student clubs, organizations where debates among the greatest debaters in the world have taken place. He goes over for a day and fly back the superhero that he is, and he joins us right now. Dr. G, welcome to your own program. Well, thank you for having me on the show. I, you know, my, as, my, as my producer, Jeff, said, couldn't you just wait till Monday? No, I, I landed, I just landed back at Dallas after a whirlwind trip was listening to you on the plane, streaming to the show. Your first guest, that amazing student, was superb. Your whole take on, on Ron and the governor of Florida and his honor deficit was amazing. And I just wanted to say hi and say thank you. Well, would you know I would call you to come on? You know, I, I, I beg you to come on the Real America's Voice show at the last minute, please. And you always show up for me. So uh, I figure why not have you come on your own show? So I'm dying to know, though. You go over to England to debate, what was it, April Ryan, the leftist opinionator, and Bernie yeah. Sanders, his brother, over what, the, the dangers of Donald Trump? Is that what it was? Yeah, so, the, the, so this is the Oxford Union. This is the oldest debating society in the world. It's affiliated with Oxford a university. It's 200 years old. It's this beautiful, beautiful stone building in the heart of Oxford. And the motion before the House was uh, this House believes that, the, the, that we should fear the return of Donald Trump. And uh, I'm in the heart of darkness. I mean, this is Oxford. This is one of the wokest colleges in the world. And I have to say, we're, we're going to get the video. We're, we're going to get uh, also, if we've got the pictures, Eric. So I want to say thank you to my good buddy, Steve, who met me there, my old school buddy, came to Oxford uh, to be part of it. He's, he read some of our classic liners for the show. Thank you, Stevie. There's a photograph of the Oxford Union, so this parliamentary setup. It was packed. There was standing room only in the gallery. Um, and then um, I was in good company. There's a photograph of one of the prior debaters, uh, Albert, Albert Einstein. So, Ronald Reagan, Maggie Thatcher, Clint Eastwood, Albert Einstein. This is this is a big deal. But how about this, Grant? After I made my speech, I I got ten minutes to make a speech. I flew what is it, six thousand miles to give a ten minute yeah. speech. I had fifty four students, fifty four students, publicly vote to support President Trump in the heart of darkness wow. that is Oxford University. So, guys, we can do it. We can do it. We just and, have to be And, and let me guess, Bernie Sanders' uh, brother and April Ryan had 2,064 students voting for them. <laughs> no, they had 140. There was okay. 140 to 54, and I, I am pretty proud of that. And not only that, you'll hear when you see the video, the round of applause that we got when I finished my, my 10-minute speech was a big deal. So, you know, I, I'm really happy, but... But I'm also ecstatic to hear what you did. What was it when I landed about half an hour ago? Your explication, it, it's better than anything I've ever said, on why it's President Trump and why we owe it to him. Not because of 
you know, him, but because of what he did for us for four years. And also the fact that, I'm sorry, Ron, I mean, it's just, it's despicable. Yeah. It's an honor deficit. What you did after the Alvin Bragg indictment showed the world for who he is. And so I want to say thank you to you, Grant, for, for that mini monologue you did. So it, it, was, it was truly superb. Oh, well, and of course, can we just say thank you to the Speaker of the House? Kevin McCarthy was there for nine months, does nothing. How long has Mike been in? Like 14 days. I've just posted the links. The links yeah. to the January 6th footage. He has released it all. So, and that doesn't happen without Matt Gates. So that breaking news is a big deal, Grant. Yeah, it sure is. And uh, up next, after Dr. G, uh, the next break, we're going to have Lauren Boebert on to talk about to talk about that. So uh, the great show continues. Um, Dr. G, I'm curious. So Bernie Sanders' brother and April Ryan, do they give separate speeches? Did you have to debate them at all? Was there a question-answer session? How does that go down? Yeah, so it's Larry Sanders. So there's three members on each team. Um I was my I was by myself. Um, uh, somebody backed out of, of being on on the pro Trump team, so I had two students as my backups: April Ryan, then Larry Sanders, and another student on the anti-Trump team. And we both spoke one at a time. So first it was one of the students, then it was uh, our side, then it was April Ryan, then it was me, and so it was it was three on each team. Then little statements, questions from the floor. And then the vote. And just the way they like they do it in Parliament, uh, you vote by walking out of the separate doors, the pro-motion, the anti-motion, and that's how they counted it. But you know what's fascinating? My best buddy, who, who was there, Steve, an amazing guy, Stephen Galvin, he said afterwards, and he's not a, he doesn't do politics. He's just a, he's a first in history from King's College. He said, why did April Ryan have to bring up that she's black? six times in a 10-minute speech. And why did Larry Sanders have to bring up that he's Jewish? You didn't bring up anything about yourself. You argued on the merits of the case. That, that Just that one observation by my buddy tells you everything. They don't have any facts. All they have is identity politics, Grant. No, and, you know, I don't know if you saw yesterday, there were a lot of headlines about claiming President Trump is an anti-Semite and that, He's a lot of the reason why the hate for the Jews is flowing as as, as horrifically you know, as it Larry, is right now. And I'm thinking to myself, this is a guy, Dr. G, who opens up Mar-a-Lago on, on Palm Beach to let Jews have a country club to come to. This, this I, I was I got really angry at one point. Larry Sanders, because I made the point after 23 years of broken promises by Clinton, by Bush, by Obama. We actually moved the embassy and recognized Jerusalem when we were in the White House. You know what Larry Sanders says? He says, um, the Israeli people didn't want that, and that hurt the people of Palestine. He's Jewish, and he's saying, us keeping our promise and recognizing Jerusalem as the capital of the eternal state of Israel was bad for the Arabs. These people are sick, Grant. You know what's amazing, Dr. G? So I don't know if you saw this story while you were flying, but on TikTok, Osama yeah, bin Laden's it. letter to America. I, and I agree, to, I agree with you. What you said, this is orchestrated. The similarity in the talking points, there's somebody pulling the strings behind this. And I've said it before. We are living in perverse times 
when we have an elite that detests our own civilization. I used to teach that letter. It was one of the first things I used to teach the U.S. military and the intel community. Read what this guy did when he declared war on America. And now we have Americans who are agreeing with that declaration of war. I posted on Twitter in the air. I said, if you're an American who agrees with bin Laden's declaration of war and publicly states that, you are a seditionist and a fifth columnist, and you should be arrested. You know what I find so interesting is that Larry Sanders brings up that Jerusalem should be the capital. Guess what was in Osama bin Laden's letter? And I don't know if it's any coincidence that that starts to fly, and he's bringing that up as the same argument that's in Osama bin Laden's letter. Not out of the question, my friend. Not out of the question. All right. So um, last question for you. As you look at the landscape now, I just want to tee this up for you because it's so easy. Ron DeSantis drops to fifth place in New yeah. Hampshire. <laughs> it's greatness, isn't it? This is, I, I'm going to, when I get off the phone with you and I get in the shower and freshen up, I'm going to post this. I, I, I'm not being snarky. I just really want, I want one of the recognized DeSantis boosters and influencers. And I know all these people. These are all big Trumpsters and they, they stab him in the back. I just want one of them, one of them on Twitter explain to me why his campaign is cratering. Honestly, yeah. just explain it to me. And, you know, maybe he needs to be standing trial for 730 years on trumped-up charges, but they will have no answer. Do you, th- do you think, that, do you think? okay, how about this, guy? Do you think yeah. any of them is going to have the, the testicular fortitude to reply to me? No, I promise you yeah. none yeah. of them will. Um, Dr. G, as we come up on the, on the break, as you know, that always comes, I don't get to tell you enough. Um, I want to give you a big thank you. You've always been there for me as a friend for many, many years now, going all the way back to NRA TV when I first met yeah. you and was so thrilled to be able to interview at that time and then become friends with you and sit in for you on this great program of yours. So a huge thank you to you and, of course, the fight that you and all your listeners put up. Uh, I, I appreciate you, buddy. I really do. Well, God bless you. You're, you're doing the Lord's work. You are a warrior. You know, we need more people in Stinchfield's army. Follow this guy, guy. Central 1776, and I'm very grateful to you because I, I really, as Jeff, Jeff knows, I don't like to be away from my microphone. That's why I parachute into these events and then come home the same day. Well, but when somebody sits in the chair, I'm really grateful, bro. God bless you, brother, and uh, I appreciate you as well. All right, folks, we are back. I told you, Lauren Bobert, up next, we're going to talk about those January 6th tapes released. Finally, McCarthy out. We got some tapes. That's next. I'm Sebastian Gorka. This is America First. Let's get back to the show with Grant Stinchfield. All right, folks, welcome back. Yes, I am Grant Stinchfield sitting in for the great Dr. Sebastian Gorka. I am so happy. It seems to me like we are getting a little traction on January 6th. I don't think we're ever going to fully know what happened that day, what the federal government's involvement was that day. And I do believe there was involvement by the federal government, specifically the FBI. But you look at Clay Higgins, the congressman from Louisiana. We played some of his clips yesterday talking to Christopher Ray, And Christopher Ray just giving us the runaround on everything. I want to know more about these ghost buses that Clay Higgins brought up, white uh, coated buses that were allegedly carrying 
operatives from the FBI. We need to learn more about that. And then lo and behold, today, we get word that Speaker Johnson did what Kevin McCarthy couldn't do. He released more January 6th video. This looks like uh, United States Capitol Police video. I think it's all of the Capitol Police video. And so to uh, to help me break this down is a good friend of this program, good friend of mine, good friend of America. Of course, I'm talking about the Republican Congresswoman from Colorado, Lauren Boebert, is back with us. Congresswoman Boebert, it's great to have you on the program. Thank you so much, Grant. It is wonderful to be with you, and it is even better to be home in Colorado. <laughs> I'm traveling my district today a little bit, um, but I'm in Colorado, not in D.C., and I'm so excited that Speaker Mike Johnson has released uh, these January 6th tapes that Kevin McCarthy would not. Why do you think it was McCarthy refused to release this stuff? Um, you know, Kevin McCarthy... Uh, has a a very popular trend of not uh, keeping his word. He has lied to just about everyone that he's ever made a promise to or a commitment to, including the American voters. Uh, And so this does not take... this this did not shock me, but this was another element to why he was ultimately vacated. Now, Grant, you know that I didn't agree on the timing. I wanted to get through the appropriation process so we didn't end up in another continuing resolution or an omnibus. And this probably would have been the week that more people would have vacated because we would have been closer to, uh, you know, this, this CR and having to do it. We are giving Speaker Mike Johnson, a little bit more runway with that. But there are many commitments that Kevin McCarthy did not make or keep. That is why he was removed. And and for years, we have been asking for the release of these January 6th tapes. Kevin McCarthy promised he'd release the tapes, and he didn't. After After his removal, every candidate for Speaker promised that they would release the tapes Uh, Yet nobody actually believed that they would be released. But today, Speaker Johnson delivered his promise to release the tapes to the public. He's done that over 44,000 hours of footage um, being released over the next few days. And that shows the world uh, what really happened on January 6th. Hundreds of lives have been ruined because of the footage that has been kept hidden, not because the footage that has been shown, the footage that was kept hidden, and the American people deserve to know what really happened that day. You know, we've got uh, people that I describe as political prisoners still held up, and and many of them, I believe, for crimes that were not committed. One of them is a guy by the name of John Strand. I think I've asked you uh, about him before, Congresswoman. I've gotten to know this gentleman over the years. He was Dr. Gold's bodyguard on January 6th. There's video of him going through the Capitol with Dr. Gold. Dr. Gold takes a plea deal. She gets three months in in prison, out in six weeks. Jonathan Strand decides not to take a plea deal. To make the long story short, Congresswoman, when he reports to check in for his three-year sentence, almost, I think it's 32 months, he calls my Real America's Voice show from prison. The next day, they take away his phone privileges. Dr. Gold comes on to tell uh, us about him taking away his phone privileges. The next day, Congresswoman, they throw him in what is known as the shoe, in solitary confinement. Mm-hmm. And he's been there for a long time. This is a, a sweetheart of yes. a guy, not a violent dude. And he's not alone in these stories. No, we, we've had 
these some of these political prisoners take their own lives because of the stress and the damage that has been caused uh, by by this uh, political hit job that has been taken. And like I said, even without the footage being released to the American people. And, you know, I want to give Congressman Matt Gates a lot of credit here. He is the one who asked every speaker if they would commit to releasing the tapes. I have been on the House floor with him uh, and and overheard him talking with Speaker Mike Johnson. When are the tapes coming out? When are they coming out? It has to be now. And really keeping the pressure on him. But also, just in committee, I believe it was last week, uh, Congressman Gates was um, just talking about this, uh, the, the political bias and how uh, these whistleblowers are being treated releasing information. And so you have someone um, who is a political prisoner, comes on your show, talks about it, and then it's thrown in solitary confinement I, uh, in, into the shoe, as you say. I, I mean, this this is just um, um, more of, of this political bias and weaponization that we are seeing uh, against the American people. And you're right, most of these people are just uh, sweethearts. They were escorted in most areas of the Capitol and allowed to stay there for some time. And I think the the tapes that are being released by Speaker Johnson, with the help of Matt Gates, uh, certainly will show the American people the real story. Congresswoman, you know, I, I said earlier in this program that recently I have become fearful of my own government. It doesn't mean that that I, mm-hmm. I stop fighting. It doesn't mean that I back down. It doesn't mean that I crawl into a hole. But I do have fear. And now I try to gain strength from that fear, but I shouldn't have to live like that. The American people shouldn't have to live like that. That's exactly right. There, there should be an element of fear that the government has of the people, not, not for violence, but because uh, we elect our government, and that is the government it, it serves the people. Of, of, we have a government of by and for the people. Uh, so for the government to have this much power shows that it is far beyond the intent that our founding fathers ever had. But, you know, I, I'm, just, I'm just really glad that we are starting to get some sort of transparency. Uh, with, without this battle for transparency and accountability, uh, accountability will never happen. And, of course, you know, something that's often overlooked by the left is is just the comparison of January 6th to the BLM protests that we saw in 2020. There were over $3 billion in damages from the the BLM pro, uh, protests yeah. uh, with, with damaging um, uh, video, with damning video evidence, and then also lives that were taken during those riots. This this was horrible. And the January 6th tapes don't paint the same picture that the left-wing media has been no. painting, and it certainly doesn't compare to the summer of love. And look, if you take the same standard of insurrection of January 6th, which is really no mm-hmm. standard at all, we've had three insurrections in the last month between the Capitol and the White House and then the DNC uh, headquarters in D.C. And so, of mm-hmm. course, the media won't report fairly on any of that. But... Um, Congresswoman Lauren Boebert, I appreciate you taking time out on a Friday afternoon. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Enjoy your time while you're home in the beautiful state of Colorado. You can follow Lauren Boebert at Lauren Boebert on uh, on Twitter, X as it's now called. Congresswoman, thank you. Thank you so much, Grant. It's always a pleasure talking with you. Absolutely. Pleasure's mine. All right, folks, coming up uh, in just a little bit, we're going to have Rodney Scott with us. He's the former chief of border protection. Uh, He's going to lay it out about Secretary Mayorkas. You want to talk about blasting? We're going to go blasting, all right? 
That's how we do it on this program. Following the lead of Dr. Sebastian Gorka, I'm Grant Stinchfield. Stinchfield 1776, grantstinchfield.com. Follow me. We're back in a flash. I'm Sebastian Gorka. This is America First. Let's get back to the show with Grant Stinchfield. Thank you so much, Dr. G. It's great to be in your chair this afternoon. Um, Folks, I don't need to tell you, crisis is an understatement when we talk about the southern border. Uh, It it is a disaster area, okay? Uh, It is most certainly an invasion, and criminals of all kinds are now exploiting it, from drug dealing, sex trafficking, Uh, Of course, you've got the importation of cheap labor and and then China using it as a weapon against the United States to move fentanyl into this country. I'm convinced that that's the case. All of it, in many respects, is by design. I think you have Secretary Mayorkas of Homeland Security and Joe Biden that are culpable in this. They have blood on their hands. They are, at the very least, they are aiding and abetting the criminality. At the very worst, they are they are the sex traffickers and drug dealers. So what can be done about all of this? Well, I want to bring in now a, a good friend of mine and uh, a good friend of my Real America's Voice program and a great friend of America. Uh, his name is Rodney Scott. He's the former chief of the U.S. Border Patrol. Chief Scott, it's great to have you on the program. Hey, thank you for having me on again today, Grant. Appreciate it. Glad to join you. Chief, you worked under Trump, and then you worked under Joe Biden. Um, you got out of there a little bit into to, to Joe Biden, but under Trump, we had seen great strides. When did you realize this was going to turn into a disaster? <laughs> uh, the minute that the election went for Joe Biden, and I based that off of the statements and commitments that he made when he was campaigning to be president, that he basically said he was going to tear down every effective measure uh, that was put in place to secure the border, not just under the Trump administration, uh, but things that had been put in place when he was vice president. We were building border wall and infrastructure back then. But based on those commitments, uh, I, I knew it was going to go south. I hoped I could convince them uh, when they came in. But uh, as you mentioned, I was part of the administration for about seven months, and they did not want to hear anything that had to do with securing the border any threats coming across the border, their entire focus was on how to process people faster uh, and get them released basically into the United States. And that's exactly what they did. And the cascading events have become beyond a disaster. And I get one more thing I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up. Yeah. You know, there's, there's real impacts to this, like real things we're never, ever going to change. Uh, not just the people coming across, not just the migrants dying, not just the people dying from fentanyl. But earlier this week, Border Patrol agent Freddie Ortiz gave up his life in the line of duty in Douglas, Arizona, while pursuing a group of illegal aliens that were trying to get away. Uh, he wrecked his ATV, his all-terrain vehicle, uh, and died on impact. That, this could be prevented. I'm not saying that specific death, but it very rightly could have, because Joe Biden took what was the safest, most secure border this country had ever had. And most importantly, it was improving daily. And completely decimated it in record time. He created this fiasco by his policies. You know, I don't put it on par with what you went through, but when I worked at Newsmax, they had a certain view of Ukraine. And I had a different view of of Ukraine. We weren't too far from each other, but I I was more of questioning money. And 
they wanted me to do things, and it was a constant battle, and it would make my stomach churn. At one point, they wanted me to go after Tucker Carlson more than I wanted to, and it would make my stomach churn. And ultimately, you know what? I'm, I'm not at Newsmax anymore. Um, I would imagine, was it like that for you when they started asking you to do things that you know isn't right? How do you handle that? I, a lot like you. I refuse to do it. So really, uh, kind of came to head. Uh, some people probably saw this in the news that the first like real flare up was over uh, giving the Border Patrol agents direct orders to not use legal terms. The term illegal alien is a term in U.S. law. Agents have to use it in court documents because you have to cite the violations of the law that we're charging people with. And this administration wanted to change that to anything but. And I, I pushed back against that a little bit, and that was the flare-up. But my whole point was don't politicize the Border Patrol. You know, do whatever you want politically, but don't politicize law enforcement. But then a few, couple weeks later, or same time frame really, Secretary of Homeland Security went on Sunday talk shows with, after getting briefings from all of us about what's really going on. And he – you might even remember this. He told America the border was closed, the border was secure, that he had a plan – we were acting on the plan, and the plan would be successful. That's pretty much a quote. And then those talking points were handed to me, and we were supposed to repeat them. And I asked flat out, what are they basing the border secure on? And who told him, whoever gave him that information? We sure didn't. And their response was, we thought you would like how that sounded. I'm like, it's not true. I'm not saying that. And then it was just it was downhill from that. But I refused to let anybody in the Border Patrol repeat lies, uh, even if this administration does. Um, you know, so I'm no longer uh, I, Border Patrol. <laughs> I, I had a buddy of yours on this program, uh, another guy I've become friends with, Mark Morgan, who was the commissioner of border protection. Great and patriot, yeah. Great patriot. And I, between him and you, I see something very similar. When you guys first got out, I first met you, didn't really want to be partisan or talk politics or anything. And then as you watch this stuff, you get more and more as a, truth teller i don't even want to say you're partisan but more and more a truth teller and more unafraid is that a safe assessment of your progression yeah it really is and and thank you for pointing that out and, and like i was a little bit naive that i could win some people over in this administration thank you no i spent a lot of time in california talking to people that didn't necessarily agree with border security and i could usually bring them around using facts and evidence i thought that would take place uh, when I first retired, I sent a letter to to both Republicans and Democrats in the House and the Senate oversight, highlighting issues that were going on and predicting how bad this was going to get. And just ask them, just hold some hearings, start asking questions, doing your job. And that's when I realized literally not a single Democrat wanted to talk to me in any way, shape or form. A lot of Republicans did. But then what's changed? So I do. I'm getting more and more and more frustrated because I'm watching us sell our country down the tubes. Uh, Texas Congressman Chip Roy was got a lot of attention the last couple of days, and I agree with everything he said. We are basically giving away America for what? There's a time to stand up, draw a line in the sand, and fight for what is right, even if it costs you something. It costs wow. you your Newsmax job. It costs me my chief job. Um, and it's frustrating that more people won't stand up and fight for what's right. Well, I will tell you this. I'm, I'm grateful for our friendship. I'm grateful for what you're doing. And you are a strong voice now, just like Mark Morgan is as well. And we're talking with uh, former Border Patrol Chief uh, Rodney Scott. And uh, it's great having you on the program. Do me a favor. You have a great Thanksgiving with you and your family. And then uh, rest up, and then we start fighting again. 
Amen to that. You have a great Thanksgiving, too, and all your uh, listeners as well. Thank, Thank you, you so much, Chief Scott. I appreciate you. Um, all right, folks, coming up, uh, apparently Gen Zers don't like 9 to 5 work days. It's too tiring. We'll talk about that next. Sebastian Gorka, this is America First. Let's get back to the show with Grant Stinchfield. Ah, thank you so much, Dr. Sebastian Gorka. I am Grant Stinchfield. Stinchfield1776 is where you can find me on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok and all the places, Truth Social and Getter, you name it. Stinchfield1776, please give me a follow. I'm so appreciative, and I try to respond to all the DMs I get. It gets a little difficult at times, but I do try to respond to many of them. Uh, And, of course, the website, grantstinchfield.com, grantstinchfield.com. The podcast is great, if I don't say so myself. So if you like what you heard over the last couple days... Please give me a follow, and, and uh, anywhere you find podcasts, of course, we're on Rumble, Getter, and Facebook, too. Uh, we air those podcasts live, video and audio, of course. Um, as we come to the end here, I thought I'd tell you about this story I saw. A Gen Z employee is shocked by the, quote, depressing 9 to 5 work schedule. What? 9 to 5? Now, first off, who out there only works 9 to 5? I mean, I'm coming up on, uh, well, 5 o'clock my time. I'm in Dallas. I started at 8 o'clock this morning doing morning drive radio in Los Angeles, and I still got the Real America's Voice show coming up in an hour. 9 to 5? That's half a day for me. Come on, guys. So she says, this employee, quote, how can I make sure I'm eating well and seeing my friends and taking time for my hobbies, she asked. How am I supposed to fit my whole life into a 9-to-5 work schedule? Uh, this woman then explained that she wakes up around 7 for her 10-to-7 job, but by the time she gets home, she barely has time to walk her dog and make dinner before it gets dark. Oh, boy, isn't that just a shame? Do you know what I do? I go for a run in the dark. It's not that bad, actually. Uh, she says, quote, Then I have to make sure the coffee pot is ready for the next morning. Oh, no. And I have something to take for lunch the next day. I'm home for just a few hours before I get ready to go to bed by 11. Now, if you're getting up at 7 a.m. and you have three hours before your 10 o'clock, what are you doing? You can get stuff done between 7 a.m. and 10. 9 to 5, I think, folks, those days are actually gone. They really are. I mean... You want to make money in life, you want to be successful, you got to work hard. But I will tell you this, working smart is far better than working hard. Success in life is not determined by how many hours you put in or how many interviews you do. Success in life is determined by the quality of that work and the quality of the inner. Quality is everything, okay? So make sure you work smart, not just hard. That's my tip of the day as we move on into the weekend. Hey, I sure hope you uh, come see me on the Real America's Voice show in just about an hour from now. Uh, It is so great to be with you these last couple days. Dr. G has such amazing listeners. He's an amazing radio host, and it's an honor to sit in for him. God bless every one of you. Stinchfield's Army rolls. Those of you who follow me know I say at the end of every program, God bless you all. 
Happy Thanksgiving as well. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.